this morning he'll come and dwell with us today we have a few written requests and sister Veronica uh, is in the hospital she'll be there for six to eight weeks thinks she's got an infection and uh, problems with her knees so just remember her in our prayers this morning also we want to continue to remember brother Ron and sister Vicki in our prayers and also my dad he's been uh, struggling uh, with his legs and uh, having a hard time getting around and I think uh, he had the shingles a couple of weeks ago, and I think he's having a pain from those nerve endings from that, that shingle. So just remember him, and God will just touch him in his legs this morning, if you will. Uh, also, we want to continue to remember Brother Reagan's daughter in our prayers this morning. The Lord will just be with her and touch her and answer her prayer as well. And we want to be in prayer for the upcoming meetings this coming weekend. We're looking forward to what the Lord has got in store for us. and pray that he'll just be with Brother Joe in a special way. Each one of us here. If you have something on your heart this morning, just make it known by an uplifted hand. God sees what our needs are for this service today. And those up and come to your knees and pray. Man, you happy to be alive this morning? To be serving the living God. To be here this morning to just accept whatever He has in store for us this morning. Amen. Let's just go to Him in prayer. Lord. Lord, we love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, here we are, Lord, a group of people, Lord, that loves you, Lord, and loves your people, Lord. And Lord, no matter what's going on in the world, we always find a time to set aside to worship you, Lord, and to learn more of you. Lord, we bring all of our licks of light this morning, Lord, our licks of fire, and we bring them together this morning, Lord. And Lord, we drive the enemy out of this building, Lord Jesus. Lord, anything that, Lord, has been said, Lord, anything that, Lord, has been done, Lord, we drive it from our midst this morning, Lord, to sanctify our hearts, Lord, to sanctify this building, Lord, to, Lord, to preserve it in a way, Lord, that we can come with freedom and worship you this morning, Lord. And, Lord, we know that's what you want us to do, Lord. Your word tells us that you dwell in them praises. 
Lord, come dwell in our praises this morning, Lord. Come be in our presence this morning. Walk up and down every heart, Lord, every trail and every mind. Lord Jesus, set the captive free, Lord. Heal the sick, Lord Jesus. Save the lost, Lord. Lord, you see the needs that we've laid before you, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord, we're so grateful for all that you've done. But, Lord, it gives us a desire and an understanding to know you'll do it again. Lord, we have family, Lord, that is sick, Lord, that is suffering. We have family, Lord, that is lost. We have family, Lord, that, Lord, they don't know which way is what. But, Lord, we have a Holy Spirit here with us tonight, Lord, that, Lord, can lead us into every condition, Lord, that can give give comfort to those that need comfort, that can give healing to those that need healing, Lord, can give salvation to those that need salvation. Lord, come upon the scene in each and every one of our lives, Lord. Be with us. Touch this meeting this morning, Lord. Touch Brother Mark, Lord, the musicians, Lord. Touch us, Lord, as we would enter into worship with you. Touch our pastor as he would come, Lord. I know he's got a word for me, Lord. Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Lord, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory. In your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. You love him this morning. Amen. You can have your seats just for a moment.
you ready for service? Are you going to enter in now? Are you going to sing? Are you going to worship? Look around this morning and see how beautiful the church looks. It looks great. Our pastor's done a good job this this week. Everything looks fantastic, and we appreciate it. Amen. Let's sing together this morning, if you will. Well, as I journey through the lands, singing as I go, wanting souls to Calvary to the crimson glow.
the capstone, you know, is love. Help us, Lord, to get there this morning. Let's sing this together. Well, I once was lost in sin, oh, but Jesus took me in, and then little light from heaven filled my soul. Well, it made my heart in love.
falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling. his love towards us. You know that. Amen. We'll let you have your seats this morning. We'll have our ushers to come and receive the morning offering. You just give to the Lord. I know he'll bless your efforts. Brother Matt, you might want to be getting something together, my brother. I, if you don't have anything, I'd love to hear you sing the lighthouse this morning. Amen. I think uh, there's a birthday today. Sister Jessica Norod is celebrating her birthday. She's not here, but maybe she's viewing this morning. We want to wish her a very special happy birthday today. And I want to say uh, we're looking so forward to the meetings coming up for the youth. And we just pray that the Lord will move in a supernatural way. Amen. Let's just sing this chorus together this morning. Thank you, Jesus. He promised us he would be a counselor. Mighty God and the Prince of Peace. He promised us that He would be a Father and He would love us with the love that would not see. Thank you. 
just say that's what he is to you this morning. He's wonderful. He's a prayer answering God. Aren't you thankful that he answers prayer? And that sometimes he don't. Because if he did, what a mess we'd be in. But so thankful for those unanswered prayers just as much as I am for the ones that are answered. There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea. And when I'm tossed, it sings out alive. Alive that I And the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me over. If it wasn't for that lighthouse, my ship would sail. Oh, 
thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. Jesus is that lighthouse. He's kept me from the rocks of sin many times. Many times I've slammed up against him, but he's forgiven me, and I'm thankful this morning. Amen. For the lighthouse. Let's all stand together, if you will. We'll sing this chorus together as we invite our pastors to deliver whatever the Lord has laid on his heart for us today. Word of God, speak, would you pour down my grave, washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place, so please let me stay.
to you. What a blessing to know that we're part of a plan. You know, God has a program. He has a program, and I'm glad, blessed this morning to be part of that plan that God has uh, in this day. Uh, Brother Mark Sandler's song earlier, uh, we'll work till Jesus comes. You know, that's, that's the way God wants us to be busy, working for Him, doing something for the kingdom of God, building something, doing something, being busy, not idle, always up and going, making sure our minds are stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. If the brethren will come, this is the tithes, the first fruits you give to the Lord and he will bless you. This is what I've been doing. Well, I'm working on a building. It's a sure foundation, and I'm holding up the blood stains. Better for the Lord when I get through working on the building. Oh, I'm going up to heaven in my reward. Yes, I'm working on the building. Your foundation, and I'm holding up the blood stain. like this, and if I was a preacher, let me tell you what I would do. I'll keep on preaching the Word of God and work on my building too. Hallelujah. If I was a singer, let me tell you what I would do. I'll keep on singing and working my building too. We can go on all day, you know, if you want to. Amen. Hallelujah. This world is falling apart. I'm so glad, Jesus. This world is falling apart And I'm so glad Jesus lives down in my heart Oh, I get carried away In the light of 
happy that Jesus lives down in your heart. The one that will never fail you. The one that will never break a promise. He's a promise keeper. Truth keeper. Hallelujah. He will never disappoint you. It may seem like a disappointment, but you know what? All of his disappointments are an appointment with you. Praise God, this morning we're in a place where we can worship 
Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, we're so excited as we are coming into uh, this week for our um, weekend memorial revival and youth uh, banquet. We're looking so forward to the services as we move into this uh, week, beginning on Friday night, regular service here for everyone, everybody. Everybody say everybody. everybody. All of us. None of us excluded. We're going to have a revival. And I'd like for you to bring your dancing shoes because we're going to have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. As the world's having their dance and they're having their thing, we got, we got an appointment with the Lord here Friday evening at 7. And then into the weekend, you know the schedule, the youths and such like. And we'll resume for the whole congregation Sunday morning and uh, Sunday evening. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for the wonderful singing this morning. Thank God for the lighthouse. Do you love the Lord? Well, I know it's bright in here this morning, but I shook every wall there was in this church. I thought the whole church was going to come down. Walls were cracked. Everything was going on. It's like if the people see their church, they're going to kill me. Amen. But we sort of kind of had to do what we had to do. Dangerous work, but thank you so much for your prayers. It's been a very tedious week for me. Seven days this week, 16 hours a day pushing uh, to work. But we thank God. Still going into tomorrow, the Lord willing, and then all the way into the weekend. There'll be no service here Wednesday evening. Our service will start Friday night. Wednesday, they'll be installing carpet down in the fellowship hall. So I have to stay here to manage all of that. I do want you to continue being praying. I have one last project. The back under this building, we've got some boulder blue rocks that's holding this thing so strong. And I tell you what, we tried everything we can to break it loose and still hadn't been able to. But um, the Lord's made a way for me to be able to tomorrow morning at 730. I've got a core company, core line drilling company that will be coming in at 730 to work with me under there to drill in some of that to put a sump pump in there. It's dangerous work, friends. I'm not used to this kind of work, but God's given me the wisdom to do it. Right. I thought two or three times I was going to die. We were back there jackhammering and something exploded. I thought I crossed over into the promised land. But praise God, I'm here by God's grace to serve the Lord and to live for the Lord Jesus. Do you love him? Amen. you appreciate him? Amen. Are you ready for the word this morning? Book of Revelation chapter 2. Back in series again, this is part 15, return to your first love. And unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars." And as born and as patience for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. He says, Now remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. The way back to God is through repentance. Uh, let's go to Revelation 9 now. And verses 13. 
And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed and were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of man. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. What a passage. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1. page 1291 if you have a Schofield. God who at sundry times and in diver manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. In, di- in sundry time, that is old time, divers manners various ways. And in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you have a need this morning? Would you just slip your hands up before Almighty God? Dear Jesus, we report once again this morning, Lord, as we come back into the sanctuary of God. And thank you for the people that you've placed here under the care of the ministry. And Lord, we have opened the word this morning. We have read the scriptures. They are not just letters and words, but they are the very breath of God. They are the Logos that came out of God. Lord, I pray this morning that they will now pick up uh, momentum in the service and materialize before us. As we speak and expound on the scriptures, may the great Holy Spirit, the master builder, come and take control of the service, Lord. Touch every heart and every mind. You see the hands that were lifted. Perhaps there is some need, maybe a domestic need, maybe a physical need, an economic need, Lord. I don't know what it might be, but you have promised that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So we ask, Father, that you will have your way now in this service. I commit ourselves, Lord, to you, myself, the congregation, and every need. And we ask you that you'll receive glory and honor and thanksgiving at the benediction of this service. In the name of our Lord Jesus and the church says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see brother and sister couple out back with us. Amen. Visiting again. God bless you, each of you. Appreciate the Lord Jesus so much. God is so good, isn't he? I had such a nightmare the other night before I go into the Word. I was, I was sleeping, you know, and just on just a few hours of sleep. And I had this dream that I was somewhere on a huge lake. And uh, the water was just strong, the current. And suddenly I was on this big, on the deck of this boat. And in an instant, something knocked me off. And I found myself just in the water as deep as it could go. It was so fast and rapid. The current was so strong. And I couldn't, I couldn't control myself, but the, 
I thought, well, this is the end of my life. This water is too strong for me. All I can think of was Deanna. She wouldn't find me. I don't know what will happen to me. This, I, I don't know what it feels like. Maybe this will be my last breath. I, I don't know what, it, what, what will happen. And I prayed, and, and while this was happening, as the current was going, and I'm thinking of her, and I'm thinking if, if it takes me, she wouldn't find me. It's still too deep and too strong. And the, but the thing about it is I wouldn't die. The current wasn't strong enough for me. The power of that water could not kill me. I came out of the dream or the vision and I thought, wow, I reached over and my wife was beside me. I looked up and said, thank you, Lord. Maybe you're telling me, amen, that you're with me. You're not, you're not through with me. Amen. I'm trusting in the, in the unseen hand of Almighty God. Do you love him? Maybe it was all that dynamite and blowing and everything that was going on around me. But praise the Lord. Do you love him? Do you appreciate it? Are you ready for the word? Now, Numbers chapter 21 through 25 and Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verses 7 recaps the same events and cover an event that happened between uh, two groups of people. You see, from the time of the Exodus... There were two groups of people of two nations, all Israelites believing in the fundamentals of Jehovah God. And they appeared to be the same people, but with diverse leadership. We understand that on their journey to the promised land, that Israel met up with the nation of Moab. Now, we understand that God, when God divided now the inheritance of the people, we saw how that Moab, Esau, came from that lineage, how that he gave them a certain portion of the land, and then the Israelites had their inheritance on the other side of the mountain. Hallelujah. They had a blessing in the plains on the other side of the border of Kenneth Barnia, God had promised them that they will have their inheritance, their blessing, their family, their offsprings, their health, and a renewal of their prosperity. So we notice on, on their journey to the promised land, we notice that Israel met now with uh, this nation uh, of Moab, and we see that Moab was a great nation. They were not heathens by no means. You see, they worshiped Jehovah God. Just as Israel was worshiping God, we understand that Moab knew the right approach to God as much as Moses did. Moab was a great nation indeed, and there were lots of children's daughters' children, and there were believers in Jehovah God. Two nations, but of uh, the same people. I'm going to show you something in just a moment. That we are a different people in this age. We are called out for a different purpose than the world. I want you to watch the two nations. One of them is organized. They are recognized as a nation. And the other one is a sojourner. Moab was 
an established, recognized nation. Uh, all nations around them knew of Moab. But we understand that Israel, the elected Israel, they were not recognized by the power of politics, but they were recognized by God. They were sojourners. They were both Christians. They were both worshipers of Jehovah. But one was recognized by the world, political leaders, ecclesiastical uh, uh, leaders, but the other, nobody knew anything about them. They were just people that was going from one place to the other. They were worshippers of God. They had no permanent homes. They had no headquarters. They had no pope and had no presbyter that controlled them, but they had power from above. There were strangers, pilgrims, and strangers looking for a city who builder and maker is God. And I want you to watch the Jew nation now. Now they came to the place that this great nation of Moab laid right straight in the line of pass of duty to the promised land. And God told Moses, I have given Esau the mountain and I have given Moab this country. Do you believe that? And, and, and I want you to notice now, they're journeying Christian people like we have in this world. They all worship Jesus. They all claim to believe in Jesus. But there was a difference in their leadership. Just as Israel was here, we notice now as they're going, lying right in the path of where Israel is to go to the border of Kiddush and view the promised land was Mount Seir. Lying there in the midst, in the path of their duty. But I'm so glad that God told Moses that I have a promise for you. So here it was that Esau, Esau's mountain was there. It was the country of Moab, and they had Mount Seir. And I want you to understand what kind of a mountain this was. It was a denomination, organization, mountain. And he said, but I got something different from you. Just cross over. So God told uh, the elected Israelites, don't join any Moab organization and denomination. Moab had their inheritance right on the borderline. I want you to stay with me now. They had their inheritance right on the borderline. And he said, don't fuss with Moab. Just move gently past their border. You know where you are going. Praise God. Let me say this. We are in a journey. And we have a lot of professing Christians. And we have a lot of Moabites. They worship the same Jesus we worship. But praise God, there's a difference. Our inheritance lies on the other side of California. And I believe God is wanting us to understand where we are going, who we are, and where we came from. Understand that both of them had a prophet. One of them was the great teacher and prophet Balaam, and the other one was Moses. The Bible would tell us that both of them were absolutely fundamental. The prophet fundamentalist from Balaam said, 
build me seven altars. And that is exactly God's number. And offer upon each, uh, each altar a clean sacrifice, a bullock. What is exactly the same sacrifice they had down in the camp of Israel. Understand that Moab knew this because at one time they were part of that original group when they did not organize. When they did not join up with creeds and dogmas and the world council of churches. They knew the fundamentals of worship to God. I want to ask you this morning, friends, doesn't the organization have the key and formula to worship? They can all out-worship the bride church. They have the power of worship. They know how to move the human soul into a realm of worship. But so does God in the same time. True worship comes from the heart of the bride of Christ. You believe that? You see, he said, upon each altar also offer a ram speaking of the coming of Christ. Notice that Balaam's sacrifice and, and formula of worship was the same as Moses. Same altar, same God, but one of them was wrong and the other one was right. Fundamentally to the word, both was right. But you see, the nation of Moab, motive was wrong. They were trying to cut off their brethren from the line of promise that God had given them. And what did God tell Moses? Don't fool with Moab. Don't fool with Esau. He said, you are going to go at the border of their inheritance. And he said, if your cow uh, eat up any of their grass, pay them for it. If they drink any of their water, uh, pay them for it. Because that's not your inheritance. Let me tell you, church, our inheritance does not lie in creeds and dogmas and organization, but it lies in the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, the only thing I want you to do is just go past their borders. Go past their borders. You know the scriptures. And the Bible says there that Moses uh, consulted with Moab uh, that they may just pass through their land. And what the Bible said, they said no. Their motives were wrong. They, 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 their motives were wrong to try to uh, cut off their brethren from their promise. You see, they had already received their promise on this side of their organization. They had their glory. They have their organization. They have their power. And they are a recognized nation. But this little bunch of people, sojourners, they were not recognized by the world. But God had recognized them in heaven. So they were trying to cut off their brethren from the line of promise that God had given them. You see, Balaam was fundamental. Uh, but the prophet Moses was identified by the characteristics of God. There was a pillar of fire, a supernatural light, uh, hanging over Israel, glory to God. Oh, we don't need no validation from any headquarters. We don't need any validation from any place uh, but up in heaven. 
Israel wasn't looking to be recognized by the power of human ability, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. You believe it? Let me say this. I want to warn you. There's a spirit of reformation moving back into the message. There's a spirit of of, uh, reformation organization that's moving back into the message church. The very thing the prophet of God took us out of. You believe it? If you don't believe I belong to our organization, you're not in the bride. If you don't report to us, then you're not in the bride. Everybody needs to be under the same message and under the same dictator and under the same leadership or else then, then you're not in the bride. That's the spirit of organization. You understand what I'm saying? We are controlled by the power of God today. We live by revelation. Jacksonville, Indiana is not our headquarters. Tucson, Arizona is not our headquarters. Or any other state in the United States is not our headquarters. Our headquarters is from heaven. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ is our headquarters. Hallelujah. There was a pillar of fire, supernatural light hanging over Israel. How do we live today, friends? By revelation. How is it I can come and preach and discern your hearts without you even telling me a word? Revelation. You believe that? You see, we understand that there were great healing in their camp. Supernatural God showing supernatural signs. And they were staying exactly with the word of promise that God gave Abraham back in the time that both nations started. But now Moses and Abraham's promise going to the promised land. And the only way that you can identify the two wasn't from their fundamental teachings, but by their characteristics of God. Hallelujah. You believe it. Praise God. I sent you a message. I hope you know where I'm coming from this morning. Was from their characteristics of God. They were, there was the sound, the Bible said, the sound of of shout of the voice of the king down here where Israel was. The atonement was in full effect. They were practicing divine healings. They believe in the healing of the soul, body, and mind. I trust you still believe in divine healing. I I trust you still believe that God can heal you of whatever ailments that you have this morning. And I don't care what that disease is or what the doctor says. We've got the shout of the king in the camp. Hallelujah. These fundamentals don't believe in it. But we believe in a God. Hallelujah. That can heal our bodies. That can heal our minds. Believe that. Praise God. Amen. There were a bunch of Pentecostals down there in tents. Hallelujah. They were having healing revivals. Amen. Laying of hands. And the sick was healed. Devils was cast out. The dead even rose up amongst them. You believe it? Yes. The atonement was in full effect. They had a brass serpent, a smitten rock. Hallelujah. God was with them, identifying himself in a supernatural light and healing their sicknesses and diseases as they went on. 
You believe healing is for the church? You believe God can still heal you? I don't care what it is, if it's a toothache or if it's an incurable disease, God is able to heal you. Hallelujah. I had a vision the other night of mama shouting on the other side. Hallelujah. And she said, cancer was only the vehicle that transported me into this dimension, but it didn't kill me. Hallelujah. Amen. You believe it? God is able to heal our bodies. You believe in divine healing. If you're sick this morning, God will heal you even under the preaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes, Moses staying in line of the word for that age that God, uh, that they were living in. Denominations had their prophets, but do, so do the bride of Christ. You know what really, what really puzzles me is how people will walk away from this message and say that they don't want to follow a man, but yet they will join up with denominations who has head leaders over the Southern Baptists, the organized Pentecostals, the Methodists, the Catholics, and every other denomination. They had their prophets. And that's what Israel had of prophets. And so did Moab had of prophets. But the difference was uh, one was vindicated by God uh, with a supernatural pit of fire. You believe it? Yes, two groups of people identifying to follow the same Lord Jesus Christ. Both of them fundamentalists. But one has the characteristics of God. Aren't you glad to be identified with the characteristics of God? Oh, the characteristics of God identified in every age. The way that God acts here, the prophets, he's acting the same way. God, who in sun-dry times and in diverse manners has spoken to the prophet and by his son in this last age. You believe it? We have that characteristics of God inside of us. It's the very character of God in this age. Now, under the six trumpets, Israel again faced to hundreds, thousands, thousands of horsemen of persecution by their denominational brethren. Now, I want you to notice how the spirit of Moab now moved up into centuries later under the disguise of Catholicism. And under the spirit of martyrdom begin to uh, now persecute their brothers Israel. It's the same in the Protestant churches uh, pagan Rome became papal Rome with false teachings uh, in both Catholic and Protestant denomination uh, churches. False teachings in the churches. Listen, friends, I want you to understand that they were practicing some form of God. Moab nation were not heathens. They were practicing some form of worship in parallel to the Israelites. But notice how idolatry began to slip in. As the Israelites were moving by the power of God, what did Balaam do? Balaam got his leaders to go and to invite uh, the youths of the children of Israel down to a camp of a feast of Peor. 
And they begin to change Christianity into idolatry. Are you, are you saying with me this morning? Amen. An offer to the Israelites a way outside of God's accepted approach to the promise. Now we notice this same spirit in this age of false teaching in the churches. Yes, they're Christians. Yes, we have different denominations and organizations, but they're different teachings. The teaching does not line up with the Bible. The Bible is our absolute. You believe us? You believe this is the absolute? I believe this message that God has given us is the absolute. This Bible is God's absolute. This was Brother Branham's absolute. This is the bride's absolute. You believe it? We take everything back to the Umatonum. Amen. We take everything back to the Word of God. This is the Word of God. This is the vindicated Word of God. But we understand as false teaching begin to move down into the true church of God, going back centuries back in the time when Israel was now in the first exodus coming out of Egypt, Satan then began to express his ambition to separate God people again by religion. Religion. Look how the teaching began to get into the camp of Israel. And what did Balaam tell uh, the young Israelites that came over? Hey, we're all one people. We're worshiping God. We have our mountain. You have your mountains. Amen. But you know, God told Moses, he said, get off of Mount Sinai. You have dwelt on this mountain too long. Turn you northward. Amen. Because your promise uh, lie out in the plains. Uh, that's why you need to go around Esau denominational mountains. That's not your promise. But here was the Israelites now. Amen. They were telling the, they were telling the young people, Brother Jonathan, we're all one. We're all one people. They were telling the younger generation, come on over here and just find you any kind of girls over here that you want. It doesn't matter how they look, how they dress. Our prophet Balaam told us that you don't look towards the outward appearance. You just judge by the heart. That sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? Does that sound like the teachings in the churches today? You know what they tell their women? If the barn need painting, paint it. And if they want to refer to themselves as a barn, then suit yourself. Amen. I mean, this is why they wear makeup and paint themselves and carry on. False teaching in the churches. And they're sanctioning women cutting their hair and wearing pants. And all these tight-fitting dresses. I can expect that in denomination, but not in a message church. Come on, church. Your old backside is showing every form and every shape of your body. Brother, God sent for a woman to cover herself. Praise the Lord. Young people, listen. You young sisters, you got something to cover up. You don't need to be, you don't need to be dressing down and posting it all over Facebook for every man to look at your figure and your body. And your old backside showing and everything else. Nobody wants to see what you look like. That's for your husband. Hallelujah. Young people, you know who I'm talking to. Praise the Lord. You know who I'm talking to. And I'm not going to mince any bones this morning. You know exactly who you are. 
We don't believe in that kind of stuff. We don't believe in that kind of stuff in God's church. This is why the world has gone homosexual and lesbians. Because the women have perverted themselves and exposed their bodies out there into this world. But the church says it's all right. It's okay. You might as well go and put on a pair of shorts and, and, and pants with some of these dresses you pour yourselves into. Come on, church. It leaves nothing for the imagination. Now, you know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. So who is he talking to? I'm talking to you. That's who I'm talking to. Hello, church. And now you know your pastor before me didn't allow you to do that. God wants you to dress right. Amen. You saints from Venezuela didn't brother Marcus preach the same thing I'm preaching. He didn't put up with short hair and cut hair and tight dresses. Hallelujah. Or where were you from before you came here? Amen. But the churches, they're sanctioning women cutting their hair and wearing pants. I want you to look at 1933, the vision, how it says that women would act in these last days. Don't get quiet on me. If you're a bride of Christ, you'll handle the word. Praise God. It's a disgrace to call yourself the bride of Christ and to dress immoral. Am I telling you the truth? What do you want for a pastor? Somebody will pat you on the back and tell you that's all right. The Bible says he doesn't look upon a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her. And every woman that dresses herself immorally, and every man that's lust after her, she'll have to answer for that day for adultery. Isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. If so called Christian women could only recognize. That the immoral spirit upon them is of the devil to make them cut their hair and wear pants. And if they could only recognize it's the devil and immoral spirits, some nice little women in the churches. And friends, I tell you, it's going to get hot in this church. Not because uh, the temperature isn't set right, but the Holy Ghost is going to turn up the heat in this place. I believe there's coming a rapture. There's coming a bride that's getting ready for the rapture. What the brother Brown said, I saw some of those young people stepping out of line. Amen. And he said, I said, get back in line. What was he talking about? The dress and clothing of the women. Hallelujah. I can't see you back there, brother Aaron. But I'm sure you will agree to me. Did your pastor brother Marcus not preach what I'm preaching? Amen. He preached the same message I'm preaching. Hallelujah. But you know what? We've allowed this world to get in amongst us and our gods. Amen. Laosia is going to kill you, church. You better run for your lives. Amen. Anyhow. Amen. The devil is the only thing to do that. And that's contrary to God's word, would you say? Just like it was in the Garden of Eden. You better get away from them denomination traditions. And I'll say it's all right. And they will. They'll tell you it's all right. It's okay. Just cut your hair. Wear makeup. Wear pants. Do all these things. Let me ask you a question. If you should die today, any of you sisters, how would you want to be found in the presence of God? With a pair of pants on or a dress? Even nature itself tells you that it's wrong. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. And yeah, oh, Brother Joseph, we don't have that kind of, I don't care if we don't have it. I'm just preaching the word of God just in case. I belong to the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The church, the church is the word the Bible says. And the word says it's a shame for you to do it. Bunch of blinded Pharisees leading their congregation to hell in this age. Telling people it's all right. Amen to do these things. Seeing the hour approaching like this, uh, I believe uh, you turn by your tradition away from the word of God. And the Bible says uh, you're poor as you can be. You're blinded. Matthew chapter 16. So you bunch of blinded Pharisees uh, and Sadducees. You can discern uh, the skies. Amen. When it's night and when it's morning, he said, can, can he not discern the signs of the time? You see, Christ is still standing at the door this morning trying to sell uh, some ice salve, but your church don't want it. Just to fulfill the scripture I read in, in Revelation chapter 2. He's standing at the door knocking, trying to give you some ice salve so your eyes will be open. The church don't want the eyesight. They want to be blind like the, the blind leaders of this day. And church, if the women would only recognize, that's the devil. It's an indecent devil in the name of religion. Any woman that cut her hair or wear pants, an immoral spirit is on them. Don't tell me it isn't. Don't tell me it isn't. Making them to cut their hair. Well, you say, our church don't pay any attention to that. You know why? Because they're blind. And any preacher in a pulpit that will sanction that, he's blind. Just like Jesus said, you blind Pharisees. You're leading the people to hell in the churches. You believe that? You say, well, women uh, should be covered. The Bible said, uh, our hair is our covering. Not our hat, our hair. People don't recognize Second uh, uh, Timothy where it says, In the last day men will be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good. That's the bride. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And the word says, from such turn away. For this is the kind that go from house to house and lead silly women. Silly women laid away with divers lusts, uh, never learning or uh, ever learning or never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't care how many theology you read, how much psychology you know. I don't care how many, how many good philosophy you have. It's not going to save you. You need Jesus. You need a transformation. You need God to come down in your soul and clean you up like you never had before. You believe it? What You know the Bible said it, that those who escape out of the great damnation will be a beautiful branch to the Lord. Isaiah 4 and 2. That's women in this age. Who will escape that Moab and that Israelite between Moab and the Israelites. That's denominational teaching in the churches. He said there will be those who escape the great damnation will be a beautiful branch before the Lord. How many of you sisters want to be a beautiful branch? Hallelujah. Beautiful branch before the Lord. You're going to have temptation, sisters. 
and the media doesn't make it any, 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 any better for you. Half them women that's on there, they got their own makeup crew. They've got their own glamour crew. They've got their own filter media. They don't look like that when they wash their faces. Let that sink them in. Praise the Lord. And brothers, young men, before you marry a woman, here's a test. Tell her to wash her face and then come and see you. Because that's the real you. That's the real person you're going to see. When you get up in the morning and you say good morning. There ain't no time for makeup. Glamour shots. Filters. Fill-ins. Lipsticks. Hello somebody. Can I preach this morning? If she look alright when her face is washed. And she fits you. Marry her. If you're looking for love. That's the true test. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you. Hey, camp meeting start already. We ain't waiting for it to start. It starts this morning. But those who escape out of the great damnation will be a beautiful branch before the Lord. I feel sorry for the women on this age. I really do. I really do feel sorry for the sisters in this age. Because every other church, every other preacher's wife, every other deacon's wife, every other people who are spiritual in the message, they're doing it. And they're posting it. But I don't care who's doing it. If God says no, God means no. Are you with me now? The pressure is on the women in this age. They have to look a certain way. They got to starve themselves to be Miss Skinny. Some of them even eat grass. They go down here to Jumbo Juice and that's all they live on is smoothie grass smoothies. Because they want to have their figure just right so they can keep up with everybody else. Listen, I'm Mary's sister, Deanna. Amen. And I said for better or for worse. If she stays skinny, praise God. If she gets fat, that's what I deserve. Amen. Sister Tracy, amen. Hallelujah. Preach on, preacher man. You've been watching too much Hollywood. Your eyes ought to be getting dimmer by now, brothers. You're getting towards 50, and after 50, your eyes ought to be getting dimmer. You can't see those things anymore. You got a lot more to love on now. But the world has perverted the church. Isn't that right what I'm talking about? You got more women in Messrs. churches going to the gym than they used to. You ain't got no business out there amongst women or the men. I'm going to work out. I don't, I mean, listen, I, I'm not knocking working out. I, I try to do something so I can look this halfway even decent. I know you don't want somebody here who's huffing and puffing trying to get a message over to you. Amen. I'm not against that. I want you to look good. And I want you to be presentable. But you got to believe me that the spirit of this age will creep in to your midst. Are you following me this morning? Am I telling you the truth? Amen. But I believe God is bringing the church to a place today. 
I believe God is bringing a bride to a place today. Amen. And I do love you sisters in the Lord. You're my sisters in the Lord. I understand that. I understand. I understand. A woman is vain. She can't help it. Look who's talking. I take twice as much to get dressed than my wife. She said, amen. <laughs> because you see, I got OCD. And every hair has got to be in place. And I got to trim it down. But the whole time, I'm meditating. I'm praying. I'm listening to my message. It's my hour of power, you see. Them girls are laughing. They call it underwear time in my house. But let me tell you something. God knows exactly what he's doing to our church. You believe that? He knows exactly what he's doing in this age. Listen, what we, what we are uh, is something different. We've been carved out in this age. We've been carved out in this age. And, and I want our sisters uh, especially to take me in, in, the, in a good way. I want to be able to look at you sisters and be able to, that's my pure sister. I shouldn't have to be uncomfortable to look at you as a bride of Christ. Because you understand that a woman should dress in such a way that attracts man to her face and not to other parts of her bodies. You see what I'm saying? But then a man is designed to be attracted by sights. Yes. And if the spirit has crept into the church, that will make a son of God uncomfortable. I say it's time as Christians that we do our overhauling in our spirits. Yes. Is that right? Amen. Praise God. You're my, you're my sister. Many of you here, amen, you're my sister. You're my darling in the Gospels. I love you with the love of God. Amen. It's never, ever in my mind, ever crossed any carnal thoughts of you. But I pray for you every day. But I want you to understand that we have men in the church and in other affiliations and you represent this church and what we believe in this end time. You believe it. I want to say what we are. Uh, we are the truth. Amen. You believe that? But the truth has been perverted into dogmas and teaching of the church instead of the Bible. You know what caused? You know what caused diversities of standards within our own message? Preacher's opinions. Preacher's opinions. When my pastor says this, I don't care what I say. If the word don't say, don't listen to what I say. If I'm preaching anything in this Bible that's not Bible, just pray for me that God open my blind eyes. Is that correct? But you got sanction. Well, our pastors say it's okay, but does the word say it's okay? Are you, are you with me now? So the Holy Spirit has been bound by these denominational rivers for almost 2,000 years. Why? They had the martyr's age, the Jews. They had the reformer's age, and the reformers through the church ages. But now the calling out of the bride, Christ himself calling out 
the bride. In Hosea uh, chapter 6, verses 1, we read it. Uh, return to the Lord. This is the Jews. I remember they, he said that they would be scattered, and they were. And this is how close the rapture uh, is to the church right now, the bride. Hosea said, after two days, after two days, he will return to them, and he will revive after two days. And remember, in the third day, this is the rapture of the bride. He will raise up, and he shall live in his sight. And we shall live in his sight. What time are we at, church? What hour are we living? Some of you flirting with denomination ideas, you need to ditch it. You need to come under the Holy Spirit. I don't say there are bad men out there. I don't say they're, they're saying bad things. I gather all the good things, but I'm certainly not going to get under some kind of creeds that's against this Bible. I've tried a lot of inspiration for some of them brothers out there. Amen. But when they come against this word, I have to stay with the Bible. Are you with me now? Now, I want you to understand, and my time is going quick, but church of God, I want you to realize, return to your first love. Don't make the same mistake that the Ephesians uh, did uh, back in, uh, in the Bible, in, in, in the book of uh, Revelation 2. They had left uh, that love that they once had for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Where do you hear it in the churches uh, anymore? As soon as we're talking about uh, a camp meeting, a revival, an uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost, people call us Pentecostals. First thing they begin to say is too much emotion. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire. You believe it? I'd rather have some shouting in this church. Amen. And people worshiping God that will be sitting there like a bump on a log. I'd rather have people praising God. That's how Israel was. There was a shout of the king in the camp. You believe it? Are you praying for your loved ones? Are you praying for your heritage? Are you pulling the evening lights over their lives? My. But the scripture tells us that they would backslide into formality. And the fire of the Holy Ghost has gone out of their life. Their testimony of Jesus Christ had lost its, its savor. And the Bible said that the salt, the salt has lost its savor. It's for right, no good. Brother, how are you going to be a Christian when you have no salt in your lives? Amen. You know good. God wants that Holy Ghost power down in your life. They used to love going to church, but now it's a duty. It's a drag. It's a bother. It's an inconvenience. Praise God. Come on. We have two services here a week, and I can hardly get you to come to one of them. Why? Because the world has taken its place. I'll tell you what, if, you, if, if, if your church attendance is the same way as your employment attendance, some of you are broke. I'm going to let that sink in. Praise God. But listen, it comes down to our priorities and what God is doing. There's no need, friends. Let me tell you something. The end is there. The rapture is upon us. Things are moving quickly in this age. 
And maybe, maybe I'm preaching, maybe I'm preaching to you today. And you say, well, you know, that offends me. Well, just pray for me. I'm telling you the truth. We are in the end time. Church should not be a drag, a bother, an inconvenience. We go to church over work. Except when the ox is in the ditch. And don't come telling me your ox is in the ditch all the time. If that's the case, you need some, uh, some uh, business administration in your economics. Because uh, it boils down to you don't know how to balance a budget. Come on, church. Amen. Some of us, we need to understand, amen, that God wants us to be good stewards over our spirituality, over our family, and over our economics. Don't spend money, amen, you don't need to spend that gets you in a bind. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm Joseph Hammond. I'm telling you from experience, you need Holy Ghost teaching in the church. Don't buy something you don't need. Praise the Lord, brother Joseph. I got to pay for this and got to pay. What you got to pay for? Nothing. You should have been in the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. But some of us have gone buck wild. Amen. We want to keep up with the neighbor, keep up with somebody else. Somebody buy a new car, we got to buy a new car. Somebody build a new house, you got to build a new house. Be content in whatsoever state God has given you. You know, people view me wrong. They, they think that I, I, I'm just somebody that's material-minded. I'm not. That's my wife. I'm a Scrooge. You know why we got a church today? I'm a Scrooge. I watch every penny. If you want to meet two, two Scrooges, people, amen, that, that are like that, me, Brother Nathan, back there, and myself, people have the wrong ideas about us. Because if I buy something, it better be on sale, and it better be a good deal. Amen? If it ain't a good deal, I'm not buying it. This is stretch. You can amen me, you know, Sister Deanna. I have a philosophy where before I buy something, I go three places. Amen? Hallelujah. And if the price ain't right, Bob Barker ain't giving me nothing. Because let me tell you something. I want the Holy Ghost to manage me. You believe it? You know, we need, we need teachings like this in the church. Amen. The reason why some people's spirituality is messed up is because their finances is messed up. Their economics is messed up. They can't manage well. Ask God for divine leadership over your finances and make Him Lord over your finances. And you can start by giving Him 10% of that. That's how you need to start. Give him 10%. I don't mean every once in a while, Lord, whenever you can. Here's a little, here's a little something for you, God. I'll give you a little time this week. Three weeks later, I'll catch up. God don't need that. God only needs you to put that in place so he can stay with his word of promise. You believe it? Some of you miss and hit a tight pair. Shame on you. I have Sister Deanna for the payroll the other day, and I looked at the hit and miss starting. I, I never even do that, hardly. I looked at the other day, and I said, no wonder God has cursed this bunch. Amen. They need Holy Ghost power in their lives. Amen. God, for God to bless them. You are making me rich. I'm already rich. Don't hear it from nobody. I'm telling you, I'm rich. Amen. Don't let the church up the road tell you that. I'm telling you right now, I'm rich. And you are rich. When you do what God says, you're rich. You believe it. 
When you're doing what God says, you're rich. The devil can't bankrupt you. Hallelujah. It's warm in this church. Mm, glory. This is a good way to start a revival. Red Bram said before you have a revival, you got to have a killing. These young people need to be sought. They'll be paying tithes. But how are they going to do it when their mama and their papa don't even do it? Shame on you, church. I've survived almost 30 years as a pastor full time because uh, I'm rich because I've done what God told me to do. When we could hardly make uh, the church payment, the tithing came first. And God supplied everything else. We got enough young people here that's paying, that's working, that should be able to pay tithes. Amen. Amen. Come on now. And if you're not doing that, shame on you. The Bible tells you, you ought to do that. And some of you brothers, some of you out here who are missing and paying. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. I'm just being a pastor this morning. If I go by what you pay at the end of the year, some of you really need uh, food stamps. I'm going to let that sink down. That tells me you're living on food stamps. Somebody's cheating God. But how am I going to preach eternal life and the rapture body change when you can't even take care of the ABC that God says? Come on, church. God says, I'm going to curse you. What a curse if you don't give me what is mine. Hey, I've been cursed by a lot of people. I've been called all kinds of names. My name is Joseph by nature. I've been cursed. I've been put in the pits. I've been persecuted. I've been called every other name. But there's one person I don't want to curse me. And that's God. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? You believe it? Mine. But we've got to teach these things. We've got to teach these responsibilities. I thank God, amen, for people in this church who have thought it, amen, to their family and to their children. I couldn't wait when I was a child, amen, to pay my tithe. I got there when I only had two pennies, and I asked my daddy, can I have an envelope, amen, so I can put it in it, amen, just two cents. I couldn't wait to work and to give my tithe to the church, and I didn't care what the preacher, I don't care if he bought a helicopter, an Escalade, a jet plane, or whatever, I didn't care, I give it to God. Don't worry what I have, worry about what you don't have. Hello, church. I said, don't worry about what I have. Worry about what you don't have. And you'll have what I have when you give to God. Mm -mm. Church ought to be electrifying. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That old sister down in Georgia. Amen. My God, that woman get her monthly little pension check and Sunday morning. Amen. She drove a little car. She couldn't wait to get to church. Amen. As soon as they say, let's lift the tide, she jumped, sprung right up to her feet. Amen. She was ready to bless the house of God. Too many Scrooge. Amen. In the message. Too many greedy people that don't know how to give to God. But praise God, I can never outgive God. I can never outgive God. Hallelujah. Think, friends, when I left the job, I was making good bit of money. Amen. Head over to engineering apartments. And I told the little wife, I'm going to sell the house I bought you and give that money to God. Praise God. That was a lot to swallow for two little children. But I did, and I moved in the trailer. Amen. I said, God, is it or uh, you're God or you're not? Your word says, amen. I'm not telling you, don't sell it. I don't want your house. 
Can we have an agreement? I don't want your house. I'm telling you, when you give to God what he does. When you give to God what he does, how he blesses you. He sees, amen, when nobody else sees. And he rewards when nobody else will reward. And in that moment, when you need that blessing, he'll show up every time. And when you need that miracle, he'll show up every time. Now, how did I ever get a money? Praise God. Hallelujah, anyhow. Praise God. Do you love him? Do you appreciate him? Do you love Jesus? Hallelujah, my God. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, God wanted me to say that this morning. I'm going to stop right there. But God wanted me to say that. I don't know why. I mean, I'm still on page one here. But God wanted me to tell somebody in this church he wants to bless them. You know, I'm Joseph. I'm ambitious. I don't mind telling you. I, I'm, I'm ambitious. You know why? Because God has blessed my life. And he surrounded me with certain people that are like me. That will bless me so I can bless you. And out of my life, there was an eternal sanction that God told me one time, you'll never have to worry for anything in life as long as you stay true to the word. And he said, all under you are going to be blessed. And all those that touch you will be blessed. And all those that are under headship to your anointing and your leadership are going to be blessed. Let me tell you, I'm not trying to make my assumption. I'm telling you what God says about me. And if you want to be blessed, you do what God says to do. And he will bless you. How many of you want to be blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Say, God, I, I've been negligent. I want to be blessed. I, I cry for you, friends. Let me tell you, I cry for you. Every day I cry for you. There's not a day. I've been squeezed at this church. This week I've been between the anvil and the hammer. But I took an hour this every morning this week to pray for every one of you. Before you was even up, I was on my knees praying for your economics, for your back pains, your heartaches, uh, your lung uh, problems, uh, your, your sugar diabetes, your blood pressure, all your phobias. I was praying for you. All the diabetes, uh, all the hernias, and, and all these things that I was praying for you. But God somehow this morning says, uh, you forgot something else. You need to get on their finances so I can bless them. Hallelujah. I didn't plan this this morning. God planned this because there's a blessing getting ready to come like a tidal wave in your life. And I don't care what it is that seems impossible with God. You do what I says and the Red Sea will open up. How many wants that to happen this morning? Let us all stand to our feet. All the impossibility are going to drown into this message I preached this morning. Hallelujah. All the pharaohs and the horsemen and the impossibilities are going to drown into this ocean. I just opened up by the anointing this morning. And you're going to look back upon this in a few days and see your enemies floating at the Red Sea. Hallelujah. And you're going to say, Pastor told us. Amen. If we honor God, that God's going to honor us. Pastor told us uh, that God's going to open the windows of heaven uh, and bless us this morning. Do you feel blessed today? Hallelujah. 
If you've been negligent towards God, all you got to do right where you're at, not raise your hands, not do anything, but say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm the bride of Christ. I'm not going to be like Moab in this group down there. Amen. That just pay the preacher. Amen. And keep back a little bit for themselves. But I'm going to be like Moses down there. Amen. And like Aaron that says the tent is the first fruits unto the Lord. And let God bless my life. I hope you're willing to do that. How many really want to be blessed? Honestly. If you don't, don't raise your hands. It will hurt my feelings. How many want to stay blessed? And, and be blessed? Come on. Ray. You don't? Okay. Then give it to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Do what I just tell you. Do what I just tell you to do. Simple. Simple. You're going to be blessed. All that confusion in your business is going to leave. Amen. All this trying to make things happen and it's not happening. Suddenly it's going to mend up. Amen. All this chaos that's been happening in your life is going to straighten out. If you're at the end of the road, suddenly you find yourself crossing into another dimension. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Amen. If you're living in a state of chaos and confusion, today is the day the spirit of confusion will be broken in Jesus' name. You believe it? Hallelujah. Praise God. I love you with the love of the Lord. I didn't choose this. God chose it. Don't be mad at me. Amen. You go talk to God about it. It ain't because I don't have anything else to preach on. I'm preached all the way into plumbing tomorrow morning. Amen, if you let me. But I got to tell you the truth. Amen, I got to tell you the truth. Young people, pay your tithes. Amen. Let me start with that. That's what God changed this whole message. Young people, y'all start paying your tithe. And watch what God's going to give you a husband. He's going to give you a wife. He's going to do everything for you. And let your motives be right. Get involved with the church and give to the church. And watch how God's going to bless you. Go above the tide and say, Lord, oh, pastor's working in the church. How can I bless that church today? How can I bless it today? And you give and don't let your left hand know what your right hand do. And watch how God is going to bless you. Put it in the envelope and mark the on it. For Brother Forrest, this is for the church. He knows what to do with it. Somebody got a hold of Brother Forrest. He's a master trustee. Hey, my old 30 years and wanted to know what every penny is going. You know what his answer was? I love it. Do you trust me? That's why I'm trustee. Amen. Has he managed it well? Thank God for him. Give him a good round of applause. Praise God. Has he managed it well? Yes, he has. But don't, don't question Amen. What's going on here? We know what's going on here. Amen. We're doing what God has put in our heart to do. Amen. For the work of the Lord. God bless you. I love you. Would you take that challenge for me today and start being every week with your tithes? Let me bless you. Be every week. Promise yourself every week. You know what the Bible said? Take it off the top. Take it off the top. Don't let it get in the account and get eat up with every other bill. Take it off the top, right off the top, and what God will do for you. You believe it? Don't wait because it happens to anybody. You leave in the account, Comcast is going to take it out. Cable TV is going to take it out. Y'all laughing, it's the truth. And God ain't going to have nothing. But God wants to be the first. Vance Kelly, I love you.
You're making me laugh. Amen. Am I telling the truth? Raise your hands up. That's the truth. Amen. Thank you. We love you. Sing a song before I kill everybody in this church. Amen. You love Jesus. You know I love you, church. You know I love you. I thank you, the faithful ones here to give to the church. I thank you every day. God's going to continue to bless you. There's nothing that you ask me to ask God to pray about that he's not going to answer. Let me tell you something. Everything, your family, your household, your home, whatever. Even down to a new car or a new house, God's going to give me to give you everything you ask me to pray about. How can you be so confident? Because I know whom I believe in. And I know he hears my prayers. Let's sing a song to the Lord. Well, I am blessed. Oh, I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up, well, when I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I time my dad was pastoring a little old country church down in Guyana in a little cow barn some poor little sisters in there they want to pay tithe to him he wouldn't take the tithe he wouldn't take the tithe for nothing finally God made him so sick and put him on his back he was in the hospital and he said God heal me please heal me he said how am I going to heal you when you cause the people to be in poverty for not doing what I did, told him to do. I put you here for you to understand that you've blocked up their channel of blessings. When you're ready to receive their little pennies and their little offerings, then I'm not only going to bless them, but I'm going to heal you. He told me this personally. He said, I repented to God. I went back and started preaching untied. He said, it wasn't a month later that church was full of people. They built a new church. I don't know where it came from. You can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. You believe Him. You love Him. God bless you. I appreciate you this morning. Shalom to you, you on, online. Let me say this to you now. Let's be in prayer.